everybody. It's Microphones of Madness. I'm Rodney. Over there, Steve. I'm the lurker at the threshold. And today we are talking the doom that came to Gotham. Uh, when was this originally done, Steve? Uh, I think 2000, 2001. Uh, it was a three-issue miniseries. By Mike Mignola? Yeah, there's a bunch of people who it's by. He just gets the top billing. Right. Um, but, you know, there's it was co-written with a guy named Richard Pace. And uh, Troy Nixie was the penciler. So, you know, it, he gets the top bill because he's obviously because he's Mike Mignola. But, you know, other people were involved in this. Yeah. Well, of course. But, I mean, he is known for this kind. It's it's his kind of story. Yeah, it's I, it's it's the Hellboy shtick. Yeah, it's definitely got that that flavor to it. For those of you who haven't heard about this particular uh, storyline, it is a reimagining of Batman yeah, it's in a, a Lovecraftian sort of universe. Is it technically an Elseworlds? I mean, because it's everything. If it wasn't published as Elseworlds, it basically is everything but it, but Elseworlds in title. Right. Um, I don't think it has an Elseworlds label. Yeah, so maybe Elseworlds had become defunct by that. Yeah. But uh, basically, Elseworlds stories are familiar heroes in unfamiliar settings. Mm-hmm. And that is exactly what this is, even though it is kind of a familiar setting for those of us who read a lot of Lovecraft. Yeah. Or play Pulp Cthulhu. Or pastiche. Or even if you read a lot of um, Mm-hmm. Because it is definitely firmly set square in his type of world. Yeah, it would the the BPRD would not be um, out of place if they showed up in this storyline. Yes, but they don't. But they don't. Thank goodness. Speaking speaking of uh, Hellboy and in that surrounding universe, didn't Rachel Ghoul look a little bit like Rasputin? Yes, he looked exactly like Rasputin. <laughs> Yeah, so there's there's definitely a lot of elements. Um, in the beginning of this, they go to the Mountains of Madness in Antarctica, yep. and I think at the beginning of um, one of the, the earlier Hellboy storylines, they go to a similar mm-hmm. um, place in, I want to say, it's on a mountaintop. It might be in Tibet. It might actually be in Antarctica, but it's it's high and cold. Right. And there's something buried there. That is eldritch in nature. Right. How this starts out. Mm-hmm. This story starts out as kind of the sequel to At the Mountains of Madness, a, a completely different version. Oswald Cobblepot funded an expedition to go to Antarctica. Right. And right. he went missing. He, he went missing. So Bruce Wayne and his team of, of Robins. <laughs> and Alfred. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody went. Yeah. So uh, the backstory that we we find out over the course of this is Bruce Wayne and his uh, wards, and it's all of them. It's Dick, Jason, and uh, and the other guy, Tim, Tim, and, along with Alfred and like a crusty old sea captain, have been on this twenty year mission of just going, you know, adventuring around the globe. They never say his name, but we'll call him Marvel. Okay. So he's Captain Marvel. <laughs> Shazam. But it, it's not that. 
so so this this starts off at the end of their 20-year quest where they're going to see what happened to the Cobblepot expedition. And um in in it was a disaster. There's two people left alive, if you can call it that. One is Cobblepot, who has gone native, so to speak, and is living amongst the penguins. Mm-hmm. Go figure. Now, kind of a shout out to At the Mountains of Madness and a little bit of a shout out to um, Batman Returns. Yeah. So one of the things that Mignola does, or I'm just going to say Mignola, but it's like everyone, mm-hmm. uh, what they do uh, really well in this book is um, in Elseworlds, you usually have like different versions of side heroes as well. And they're usually nods to their continuity appearances. Right. And they do that an awful lot in this. But because it's a Lovecraft pastiche as well, can mm-hmm. also do it to Lovecraft. <laughs> so you get you get a, a lot, a lot of uh, references and name dropping on both sides coming mm-hmm. from both sources. <laughs> and it's it's kind of funny because you expect that from Elseworlds. Mm-hmm. And uh, you expect that from Lovecraft past, and it's here, and it's done cleverly here. I think. and I, oftentimes it's melded together. Mm-hmm. One of the things that I I was interested in, and I love to see this in Elseworlds, is how they reimagine certain characters. Um, we have a lot of the the, the famous Batman characters in this story, uh, of course, Oswald Cobblepot, the Penguin. Mm-hmm. Uh, we get a slightly different take on uh, Mr. Freeze mm-hmm. yeah, uh, that kind of also references uh, Cool Air. Right. And he is found um, at the beginning as well. Mm-hmm. He is. He was. It's And it's not Victor Freeze. I forgot the, the guy's name. Right. It's, um, it's not Victor Freeze. So they don't make it quite as obvious. And, and you find out later. Um, what they're referencing but uh yeah he is found in a cave by by bruce wayne digging out like some tentacled horror that is right. frozen in ice and uh he attacks wayne wayne overcomes him and uh takes yes. him back to their 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 uh ship where they found out the guy's actually been dead for some time for yeah for a number of months thanks to dick's expert criminology skills yeah forensic ability yeah. That's that's kind of the interesting thing is how they envisioned each of the Robins, where Jason is kind of this engineer, Dick is a scientist, and Tim is just a tough guy. Yeah, I, I think that that does well when it hasn't. In, now this was two thousand. This is well before the new fifty two, mm-hmm. and actually having three Robins coexist in the same universe at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, prior to that, you know, you had Dick became Nightwing mm-hmm. and rarely interacted with the bat people. Um, right. Jason was dead. Right. And when, um, when and he then, wasn't dead, he was a red hood. Right. And then um, Tim was the current Robin. Right. But yeah, so you had all three of those guys having different roles and, and kind of subdividing what you would normally associate with, mm. with just the team of Batman and Robin. Right. Um, and, and really Bruce Wayne in, in this con, in this storyline is more of a managerial type. 
Right. He's he's kind of like the patriarch of their little clan. Right. Of adopted son. Mm-hmm. Um, so they, they sail back to Gotham with this uh, frozen dead guy who is carrying the seeds of Gotham's destruction with him. Mm-hmm. And everything is proceeding according to the design. Right. Um, the design is definitely like scooped right out of the pages of, of a uh, Dark Horse BPRD Hellboy novel. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have like this this uh, old wizard who's Rashad Ghoul in this case, mm-hmm. who um, takes the place of Abdul Al Zarahad and uh, Rasputin, right? Who who wrote this mysterious this book and then died? Mm-hmm. Yep, ripped apart by an unseen foe. Yes, sound familiar? Good because it is. Um, it's it's like I said, it's very clever the way that they blend. Um, the mythos and mm-hmm. and the the whole Lovecraft ovra into Batman continuity. Yes, the naming conventions are are different, but you can tell who they're referencing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's there's a lot of shouting to Yog Sothoth in this because mm-hmm. you know he's the gate and shit and lurker, Shubby, the lurker at the thresh. <laughs> Batman and company get back to well, there is no Batman. It's Bruce Wayne. Yeah, and company get back. We we are shown that while they've been out on this expedition, Bruce Wayne has cobbled together the bat suit. Yes. On board uh, the ship. And it's definitely a, a gaslight Batman. Kind and of like suit. early, early twenties or late, yeah. late night, you know, late, early, early 20th century. It's, it's, it's a steampunk Batman. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. Very similar, very similar to uh, the Gotham by gaslight suit type of yeah. thing. But it's it's also nice because it has this kind of twenties setting, but that Gotham is also kind of timeless, just kind of stuck. The, yeah. the fantasy stasis. Yeah, there's definitely a few tropes in here that they use that is that are used later mm-hmm. in a regular Batman continuity. Uh, not the exact same things, but but just that idea. And I've noticed that um, a lot of the times that'll happen. Uh, because the Els- a lot of the Elseworlds books were better than the month-to-month uh, Batman storylines. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, you, it's less just, editorial like, control. Less editorial mm-hmm. control. It makes more sense. Um, you know, you have uh, guys working on a project instead of, um, you know, a monthly. So mm-hmm. they can concentrate more onto it and put what they want and need onto it to further the story instead of having to churn out... 22 pages every month. Right. So, um, and you didn't have slouches writing these things either. But uh, I, I noticed that um, the backstory um, of how Gotham came to be and how the four families of Gotham became um, prominent mm-hmm. um, was also used in uh, the death of Bruce Wayne when he came back. Right. That that kind of thing where where... Um, you know, there's some sinister and, and in the new 52 in the court of owls as well, yeah. where there's like the, the sinister, um, pact that happens at the beginning of Gotham. And, uh, now the current residents have to pay for, um, the consequences of that original pact. And that's more or less what the plot of this hinges on. Right. But it, I think it is the first time in Batman that we've seen 
this connection between the Waynes and the city, right? Like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, even uh, the movie the, that everyone likes, Batman Begins. Oh, Batman uh, Begins, yeah. yeah, uses that trope as well, where the Waynes were a founding family, and you know, with with the fall of the Waynes, Rishad Ghoul can bring the city to its yeah. Now the four the four families they, that founded Gotham were the Waynes, the Langstroms, weird, um, the Queens, hmm. even weirder, and the fourth family was. Uh-oh. You're expecting me to know this shit? Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, fuck. Manford. Manford. And uh, man, the Manfords. <laughs> right now, refresh me on my Batman lore. Are the Manfords? I don't. I think that might have been something that they just brought in because expendable, uh, possibly. So they make a deal with a sorcerer for power and second guess it, beat the sorcerer down, and then uh, leave him for dead. Right. And that curses Gotham City. Right now, the sorcerer had originally stolen. The Rasha Ghoul Necronomicon, the Book of Ghoul. Wasn't that what it was called, the Book of Ghoul? Uh, yeah, like Codex Al Ghoul or something like that. So they he stole the Book of Ghoul from Talia after Rasha Ghoul was ripped apart. Blah blah blah. Um, and you know he's he's the one guy who read the whole thing and he's stark raving mad. And don't ask me why he he decides to go through the convoluted plan of using the four families. To do this, but that's what he does because you know Stark Raven. So they they get what they want um, and kill him or think he, he's dead, and they become the four prominent families, the founding fathers of Gotham. Um, their their families are well off, and um, they never have want for anything except that the the this, their descendants end up cursed. Yes, um, and, and this it, set and, into the motion the the counting clock. Right. And, and in Bruce Wayne's case, it is quite literal. Mm-hmm. His curse. Don't yes. ask me why he is the one who who actually gets a physical curse. Uh, the rest of them are, you know, melancholy and a little bit eccentrically insane. Mm-hmm. Uh, Oliver Queen thinks he is the chosen one who's going to uh, right the wrong of his ancestors because he's been told Part what happened. Story. Yeah. And he thinks that that's his job. So he collects these uh, super special arrows, go mm-hmm. figure, made from uh, with the bones of, of saints. Uh, the blood of uh, saint, some saint or another who is uh, riddled, shot to death with arrows outside of Rome. Right. And he has the arrowheads and he puts them on arrows. Right. But I, I kind of like the way they they twisted his origin for the story where he was a big game hunter. Right. And instead of being lost on an island, he um, was like really fucked up by a gorilla and he just it had to survive like his injuries in the jungle. Yeah. Yeah. They, they do a lot of cool stuff like uh, with Langstrom saying he fancies himself as the Batman because mm-hmm. he makes his life, his life's work studying bats, kind of like Langstrom. Mm-hmm. Um, um, but then, he is also interested in the occult. Mm-hmm. They do talk about his special that he invented some kind of serum. Yeah, but uh, but he is the he is the first victim. Um, so what ends up happening is once once 
these events are set into motion, Talia Agul um, has heard that the, her father's book has been found, mm -hmm. and she wants to get it back. Right. So she does. Yes. She does it very dead. Mm -hmm. She has her first uh, encounter with the Batman. Yes. As the Bruce Wayne incarnation of the Batman. Right. Uh, it's revealed she has a, a gin trapped in a bottle. Yes. Who she releases into uh, Manfred's corpse. Right. And he becomes this, the avatar of the gin. And I like how they integrated in, uh, integrated Etrigan into the story as well. Yeah. The Deus Ex Maxina. Yeah. The, the because I, I think I think uh, I think they understand that these types of things have to have some kind of balance. Well, and also that no matter how you power Batman, Bruce Wayne Batman. Right. Um However, how, whatever you give him, he's still only going to be a mortal, a human. A guy in a, a costume. Right. And he's not going to be able... You can only give him so much. And they, they make him the equal of Rayshad Ghoul. Mm -hmm. Which is kind of fitting. Because in, traditionally, they are equals. Right. Um, but not the equal of what Rayshad Ghoul calls down. Mm-hmm. So you need something. Right. Because <laughs> they may call it the doom that came to, came to Gotham, but it is really the doom that was that was avoided narrowly by Gotham. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yes, very narrowly. <laughs> so, it, uh, spoiler, uh, it is not a bleak ending. And no. in order to, to have, because it it's a superhero story, more or less. In order to not have that bleak ending, you have to have something that can defeat Yog Sothoth or whatever, you know. Yog, mm -hmm. whatever. Well, that ain't gonna happen with Bruce Wayne. Right. Shit, that probably won't even happen with Superman. Nope. So you need something that's powerful enough. So what they did was they retooled Ectrogen right. um, to be an, another um, just primal right. force. The, in the, the incarnated rage of the Elder Gods. Right. Well, they also hobbled him because obviously if you have the incarnated rage of the Elder Gods roaming around, why bother having a story? So they do effectively hobble him throughout most of the story mm -hmm. in that he's only allowed to help Bruce Wayne once. Right. Before. Um, and then after that, Bruce is on his own until he sees the, the demon's true form. Right. And then the demon, the demon and the beast and... They have to go at it because that's that's what they do, right? See, and in, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, in, in something like Hellboy, where Hellboy mm -hmm. is the actual spawn of of the devil, and he once he he unlocks his power, he's able to be the equal to whatever he's fighting, you know. And usually, he's just a guy with a hand, with a big hand mm -hmm. who could take who could take a lot of uh, damage. But every once in a while, Hellboy, you know, gets cosmic with his right. power, with his power set, and I think just you just don't have that with Batman. I mean, it's fucking Batman, mm -hmm. right? And there are there are a couple of other characters. I guess Etrigan made the most sense. Yeah, I like what they did with Etrigan, right? Because you know, you can count the characters capable of of filling that same role on one hand, right? Dr. Fate, Phantom Stranger, The Spectre, mm -hmm. Etrigan, and John Constantine on a good day. 
Yeah. It's kind of funny <laughs> how they had uh, they had estrogen was right. like, was rhyming until the end. Right. <laughs> when when he became all powerful, <laughs> the all powerful rage, he stopped that shit. <laughs> right. I thought that was very clever. But yeah, there's there's definitely a lot of of little nods, and that's I guess like in terms of why bother reading this. Mm-hmm. Um, just to see how they play a, a lo- around with stuff. And there are a lot of really cool little nods to different um, aspects of both both sandboxes. You like, I like what they do with Barbara Gordon. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they took they, the concept of Oracle and literally made her an Oracle. Yep, yep. That was really neat. Um, what the, how they did Two-Face. Oh, yeah, that was, that was creepy. Mm-hmm. That was really creepy. They uh yeah so they gave him Talia Ghul gave him a a a disease for lack of no it wasn't Talia Ghul wasn't it no it was poison ivy oh you're fucking right she gave him a, a disease where it it starts out as a skin rash and uh, it ends up that he's become his his uh right half or his left half becomes a gateway to another dimension. Mm-hmm. Where um, where Talia and um, Raish could perform the the rites they need to perform right, to bring right. down. Uh, he, he's the door, up. and uh, Poison Ivy was the key. Yeah, so that was kind of how how they integrated that into the original story, where the key was imparted to Mister Freeze. Mister Freeze gets whacked. And that key is just put into a normal plant, and the plant becomes this sentient creature, poison ivy, who attacks, who who transfers the essence into Harvey Dent, so he can become the door because he's the door, right? And then goes off and resumes her true Lovecraftian form, and attacks Oliver Queen, right? Poor Oliver, yeah. <laughs> He went out like a punk. Yeah, for <laughs> I much prefer him hanging upside down from a helicopter well, shouting at Superman. Really, a lot <laughs> of the guys, a lot of the characters in this story died off. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it, he 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 practically eliminated the entire Bat family. Yeah, he, oh yeah, all the Robins but one. Bruce Wayne basically becomes useless. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's no more. Batman's still around, but there, right. ain't no, there ain't no more Bruce Wayne. Right. And I kind of like how they inverted the Langstrom calling himself the Batman or being called the Batman. Right. And then Bruce Wayne takes on the Bat costume. And then he is, through the actions of the curse, becomes Man-Bat. Right. Yep. Yeah, it's, a, it's, a, it's an interesting read. Um, is it it's my- a very interesting read. I ended up reading it twice. Did you? Is yeah. it my favorite Elseworlds type of thing? Probably not. No, it's just kind of really cool. Yeah, it's um, it's, it's it's nice to see something like this done, mm-hmm. and you know it's done really well. And you know, I guess at in uh, two thousand, I didn't read it in two thousand. I read it. Um, I read it when it came out recently, a couple of years ago. Originally, um, you know, when it came out, I bet it was fresh as shit. <laughs> right. But between the year 2000, 2001 and now, how much 
um, pastiche has happened. How much, how much like, and how many of the, the things that are brought up in here have become tropes mm-hmm. in regular continuity of Batman and like really hackneyed tropes, not just like, like I'm talking about like the, the court of owls thing was, was bad. That was just like poorly conceived and poorly done. And, but its origin is, is in here where it's done really well. Mm-hmm. But reading this after having read Court of Owls, you kind of have to stop and, and invert it in your mind and, th- and say, okay, this is actually where that idea comes from. Mm-hmm. And just <laughs> Snyder's just a poor um, writer, you know? All right. Yeah. But uh, I, I mentioned this to you earlier in the week after I read it the first time. Um, is as you say, it's not, I wouldn't say it's the greatest Batman story ever told, but I think it's required reading for anyone who is a Paul Cthulhu keeper. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. You can, you definitely, if you want to have that, that, uh, light superhero feel, um, w- w- cause there's no real powers involved in here. This is, you know, it's all just skills. You know, there's no, it's the monsters have powers, right? But the PCs don't. Right. None of the Robins, Batman, um, even like Oliver Queen, he has like, you know, a couple of magic weapons, but they're one use only and they're for a very specific thing. Mm -hmm. This is this is how you would do that. Right. Um, And Oracle being a a spirit medium. Right. You know, um, and just make taking something that's that's common, like Two Face and his obsession with duality and that he is actually the gateway between two worlds. Right. You know, that's, that's a really interesting spin on the trope of two face. Right. Uh, we, I will also mention that this is one of few Batman stories where the clown does not feature in, in any way. Yeah. None. And that's, that's always an interesting take. Although they removed the clown and they inserted the, the obvious, character for this kind of story, which would be Rachel Ghoul. Right. Whom I think is a much better villain than Well, I mean, this is definitely something that is believably up Rachel Ghoul's alley, mm-hmm. even in continuity. Right. And and the obvious character the other obvious character to be involved would be uh Stephen Crane. Yeah, no no scarecrow. No scarecrow. Well, you got you kind of figure that um, that's all coming in the doom that came again to Gotham. <laughs> the second time the doom came to Gotham. When when they you know when they do a sequel to it, because you know if it's successful, they'll they'll figure out a way to do a sequel to it. Doom that came to Gotham to electric doomaglue. <laughs> the doom that surpass that passed Gotham by did a U turn and came back, only to find out it was the second doom that came. The madness that came, the madness that came to Metropolis. Actually, that I would like to see. I would like to see this type of story expanded out into um, other characters who don't usually deal with this kind of material. Well, you kind of almost had that in a way with um, that impressionism, that German impressionism Mm -hmm. trilogy that they did. And that was definitely Elseworlds. Right. uh, It was like Superman Metropolis. Batman, Nosferatu, and I forgot the Wonder Woman one. Right. Um, and they, they honestly, you know, having read those, they're not all that great. Right. Um, but they definitely are 
like a horrorish take on the on the trinity of DC comics. Mm-hmm. But I think those were probably more about the look rather than yeah being oh, faithful to either story. Yeah, I think they definitely wanted to have that the feel, and I could see that with like you know even if it's I mean they're based on on silent films of the impressionist era so mm-hmm. i can see why you would want to make them impressions instead of you know semi-faithful stories right and i, I think that the, the reason that this works so well the doom that came to gotham time-wise is at the time hellboy was big mm-hmm. i mean and and mignola was was a god at the time i mean he you couldn't turn around without something happening out of uh, my, mm-hmm. whether it was this, whether it was Hellboy, BPRD, um, Lobster Baltimore, Johnson. Baltimore, Lobster, Lobster Johnson. Um, you had the Hellboy movie was coming out. Uh, but I mean, he was writing, he was drawing, he was doing everything. And, and his stories are really good. Like, like I said, you could do worse than basing your Pulp Cthulhu, um, your Pulp Cthulhu world off of uh, Mike Mignola's. Yeah. You can do a lot worse. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Definitely. And that about wraps it up for this episode. Until next time, keep 30 luck points. Yes. Yes.